It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 5th of July. Dante Exum is signed. Howell Neto is reportedly signed. The band is back together. We'll talk about the Jazz offseason, how the deals have gone down, and has the rest of the Western Conference actually gotten better? We'll look at all those, plus a summer league update, and then head on vacation. It is Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, and a lot of geeky numbers on the Utah Jazz. Hope you're great. Uh, This is our final show before I head out on a break. Um, I will take a recorder with me so that if something significant happens, I can do something. But otherwise, I'm not. It's not. It's not intended. How's that? Uh, I'm gonna go spend some time with the family, get away, enjoy ourselves. So I hope. Uh, I hope you guys can understand that. Great fun show on Locked On NBA. Kevin Arnovitz and Kevin Pelton both in town for Utah Jazz summer league. We went up and hiked Deer Valley, then came back down, barbecued ribs and corn, and had a nice little July 4th ourselves. My family's not here yet, and or my family's actually already started vacation. And uh, so we just chilled and hung out, uh, and that's up for you on Locked on NBA. I also will share last night, Pelton and I, this is just, thought it was hysterical. We just went through basically 10 years, actually more, like 15 years of emails back and forth finding our various takes on various players. And it was, to use a phrase my father uses, it was a laugh riot. We had a blast last night. Just, oh my gosh, some of the takes are classic and wrong uh, on on quite a few of them. Uh, and I will still claim he forced me to take Greg Oden over Kevin Durant uh, in our discussion um, Days before being fired in Seattle, I, maybe maybe Pelton got me fired in Seattle. I don't I don't think so actually. All right, let's get to it. Uh, looks like the Jazz are bringing the band back together, and it's inter- This is really interesting because the league has got such tumultuous roster turnover, and here the Jazz are getting awfully close to running close to the same fifteen back, which you wonder if that continuity gives them a real advantage that they wouldn't have otherwise. It's a, it, it's a team that was awfully good last year. And when you start to run all the numbers on it, they're probably going to project a third or fourth in the Western Conference. They're one of the few teams that's been to the Western Co- Conference sec- or the conference final four of their conference both the last two years. There's not a great, you know, the, the risk level of, Doing something dramatic for the sake of doing something dramatic is pretty high. The risk level of putting this thing back together and playing with a healthy Rudy Gobert and the growth that they've shown over the year and with a Ricky Rubio who understands the system better and plays for the, sec- the same coach for the first time in seven years and plays a little bit more like the Ricky Rubio of uh, the back two-thirds of the season rather than the first third of the season is pretty compelling. And that's what they've done. So this, you know, there are still pieces. Jarebko and Udo's contracts have two more days until they get picked up, if they do. 
Uh, and then obviously you have a trade market or some other things that can still materialize between now and uh, late September when we all break to training camp. But as it looks right now, it's looking very, very much like the same roster. Uh, one name that had been floating around as a potential addition if the Jazz were to add somebody with the mid-level exception was Bielitsa, and he is signed today with the Philadelphia 76ers for $4.4 million. So that leads one to think that there's a higher possibility uh, that Jonas's option, that would have been an either-or situation with Jonas if the Jazz had done that, and um, either Bielitsa opted to go to Philadelphia where they have a gap with Ursan Ilyasova leaving and Marco Bellinelli leaving uh, and gives them, frankly, a that's a pretty good pickup by Philadelphia to fill those gaps. Those were, those were real gaps they had to fill. Uh, but let's get to what happened with the Jazz. And let's, let's talk about, first, uh, we talked about the Favors deal the other day. Let's walk through the Dante deal. The Dante Exum deal got beat up a little bit on Twitter. Actually, I thought a lot on Twitter. I don't know what that means, but that's the world we all live in, in the NBA world. And um, everybody kind of jumped on that one pretty fast. So let's try to walk what happened here and get the mindset of the Jazz and the mindset of Dante's agent. Um, honestly, I have not talked to anyone on Dante's side, and I really haven't talked to anyone on the Jazz side. I think this is just kind of intuitively obvious after it came down. So I, I hope I haven't, I'm not missing something here. But let's, so the first decision that had to be made was by Utah. In this case, Dante's a restricted free agent. The Favors case, the first decision was by Derek of whether he was interested in coming back, and clearly that answer was yes. So the next, in the Dante case, the first decision is made by Utah. And that decision is whether or not anything in the years in which Dante Exum has been with the Utah Jazz makes you believe that using the fifth pick on him in that draft was a mistake. And that answer, I think, is pretty simple. And that that every reason why you drafted Dante, his incredible athleticism, his length, that burst, that amazing speed, that versatility of position, that ability to get on the rim, those are all are very, very true. Those all still fit. Nothing. He hasn't shown a lack of athleticism. He came back from the ACL with the, with the same athleticism. Uh, and then, what have you learned about him? You've learned that he's a a great kid. He's completely committed to being good. He works. He's shown a toughness and a grit and a fight in getting through the injuries. You you didn't know about an 18-year-old kid out of Australia. And from a basketball standpoint, he's shown a lack of experience and a lack of competition and a lack of a fully developed game. Those... That you knew, the skill set you were right on, and you've learned about the middle. You've learned that he's got this this fight to him. So with that said, the decision then is, no, we still believe in Dante. Like, he's 22 years old. He's the same age as Grayson Allen, who just came out in the draft. We believe in him. Now, if you're the but you also have to, we all know that, with having lost two of the last four years to injuries, basically, and three of the last five years not playing because he sat out the year before the draft, that he's not in any way 
shape, or form a finished product yet. There's still huge steps to go with him. So if you're the Jazz and you're into negotiations, the thing you really don't want to do here, if, if you've decided that you still believe in Dante, so that's decision one, we still believe in Dante. Now, the first thing you really don't want is him to take the qualifying offer. Even though it's, you know, it's a risk for Dante at only four some odd million dollars, if he takes the qualifying offer, then he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and you've now put in five years worth of work on a guy you believe in, and he's free to walk. Okay, you don't want that. And frankly, once you decide you're, you want to keep Dante, what you really now want is a long-term deal. There's risk, but the bigger risk is that you're, if you believe you're right, you have to believe in yourself, that Dante is going to click in, is going to get better, is going to be the player you think he's going to be, is going to develop some of the skills that are needed to add to that incredible athleticism and that burst and that ability to get on the basket and that defensive prowess that he showed against James Harden. And if you believe that, that those things are going to come together, you don't want him on a one-year or two-year deal where when they come together he can leave. You want him on a three- or four-year deal. And so now, if you're the Jazz and you start negotiating, what you really want with Dante is a multi-year deal. There's the Jazz perspective, I think. That, makes, it, that just makes sense. I, haven't, I truly haven't talked to anyone about this, but that just makes sense. So let's now look at it from Dante's perspective. Well, Dante's perspective is he wants to get back out on the open market or get paid as soon as he can when he once he begins to show these skills. So they're looking for a small deal. Let's get let's see if he can burst and then get get his So you're the Jazz now have to give enough to pull that that group off of short deals and into a longer deal. And that's where you end up at $11 million. And if this works out the way everyone wants it to, I think it's probably fair to say that in year one of the deal, Dante may be getting overpaid. And then in year two of the deal, if Dante continues to develop, he probably gets closer. He's At that point, he's 10% of the salary cap. And I would guess that Dante... If all goes well, Dante at that point is probably contributing about 10% of the Jazz value, if not more. And if it goes as the Jazz believe, because they still believe in Dante, the third year at $11 million, Dante might be a real steal. He might be a real steal. And th- so that's why the Jazz, in their financial situation this year, where they had the flexibility that Dennis Lindsay has built, decide, you know what? Yeah, we're willing to pay $11 million in a depressed market for Dante right now because we're getting $11 million on the backside of the deal also. If the numbers on this are true, if the reports are all true. And that's where... I don't think you're going to see that there's any outs on this deal. I don't think it's going to have player options. I, I don't think those are things in which you, that, you know, the Jazz, there's no reason the Jazz don't want to. If they're going to give him 11 now, they're not going to want to put him 
out on the market earlier. And that's what I think you're going to see that Dante conceded is that guarantee of money in exchange for not being able to do that. And that's where I think that breaks down. And so you just have to decide, from if you're analyzing it as a fan, do you still believe in Dante? Yes. If you still believe in Dante, then you want a long-term deal. And then if you're Dante's agent, well, what is the number that we're willing to take to be able to lose that ability to get out on the market again? And that's how that came down. Today's show is brought to you in part by Murdoch Hyundai. I love it. I got the greatest message last night from one of our listeners. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind. I, I actually... Um, uh, I didn't... I haven't... I, I, you know, he tweeted me publicly, so I'm going to guess that it's uh, okay. So Nick East... or Let's see. It is Niall Easton... The, who's uh, works for United Fire Authority? So tip of the hat to him. I mean, uh, anybody involved with that sent me a note that said just purchased our first Hyundai, a Santa Fe from Murdoch. Fantastic deal, very upfront, transparent process. Thanks so much for recommending. Kudos to our salesperson Lucas. He was great to work with. Never have even looked at a Hyundai, and now love ours. That's exactly my experience, Nick. I didn't know about the Hyundai brand. I was unaware of what Hyundai uh, brought to the table. And the fact that Hyundai uh, had such incredible deals, such great features at a price point that was so much lower than everyone else, and then the car drove fabulously. And that's, and then I, that's how I became a big, big believer in everything that I've experienced with Hyundai. And I'm glad that Nick got the same. 4646 South State Street. Check out what's going on with them. The Santa Fe, if you're looking for a hybrid as the gas prices increase, the Ionic is just terrific. So make sure you check it out. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited 
But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. All right, I think there's an interesting thing that's taking place here that I've, I'm here. We did the same thing and everyone got better. Okay, well, there, there's two thoughts here. One is, in theory, if we're rolling the exact same team back with that camaraderie that it already has, with a head coach with a unique system, that maybe we should be, that we're better also. Right? Donovan year two. Rubio year two in Utah. Obviously had a better second half of the season when he got comfortable. Probably not surprised. And, and, and Ricky was, you know, if we go back to the beginning of the year, I think we probably forgotten. Ricky was a bit strange, frankly, early in the year. I mean, the ball was kind of throwing the ball all over the place and really having some struggles early in the year and, and then got through it. Now he's walking around his John Stockton jersey at Summer League games. And if you go back to, you know, if you look at Ricky from January 1 on, he shoots it pretty well. Igor's not back, who was great with him, but the Jazz have other coaches to work with him, and hopefully that confidence he has. But if you take a look at Rubio and his final from about 41 games of the season last year, he shoots 44% from the field, 41% from three. He averaged 15 points, five rebounds, and six assists. That's a hell of a player. And if that's what the Jazz are going to get for the fi- for the whole season next year, then wow. The other thing that's taking place here is it's not entirely clear that the rest of the Western Conference actually got that much better. So if we run down it, Golden State's Golden State. Okay? There's not a move the Jazz could have made this entire offseason that would have made them as good as Golden State. Let's be honest about it. Might be able to give them a little bit of a tussle, but I don't think there's anything the Jazz could have done this offseason that would have got them favored against Golden State. Houston lost Trevor Ariza. It's big. They're, they're not as good as they, as they were. Uh, it's not entirely clear what they're doing to fill that gap. They've still got tremendous players. They are playing injury roulette with Chris Paul. And it came back to bite them at the end of the year last year in the playoffs. They're great. Uh, 65 and 17 is not going away just because you lost Trevor Reza. But Trevor Reza played 34 minutes a night for them last year. And they were good both with Trevor Reza on the floor and Trevor Reza off the floor. It's not as though he was the singular glue guy or anything of that nature. But it, 
it breaks up the balance to who they are a little bit. They haven't signed Bamute yet. He was, you can make a pretty big argument of his impact on that team. They were plus 11 when he was on the floor last year. Someone should go grab Bamute just to go keep them out of the setup of getting back to the Rockets. But they're not as good. Portland was the third seed last year. They lost Ed Davis. Minor, but matters, and have not signed Nurkic yet. And I can't tell yet on team chemistry there, but it feels as though some of that is wearing thin just with all the talk around them at all times. But Terry Stotts does a heck of a job holding that stuff together. But Ed Davis matters to them. Their best plus-minus guy is Dame. Their second best is, is Al Farouk. And then Nurk and Ed Davis is their third best plus-minus guy. They're, the, Ed Davis is good. They let Shabazz Napier go. They added Seth Curry. Shabazz Napier was pretty good for them last year. I'm not sure they're better. Fourth in the West was Oklahoma City. They're going to get rid of Carmelo, and they'll be better because they got rid of Carmelo. That I think that will... I think Oklahoma City will probably be better for that reason. Um, at some point, they're going to have to get rid of some people, though, because they have a $300 million tax bill right now. So at some something on this roster is going to have to give. And they're going to have to get something out of, I don't know who on that roster that's going to give them more than they're getting right now, but somewhere in their depth has to give a little bit. Utah? Call them the same. Call continuity making them better. Pelicans are really interesting. Pelicans won 48 games last year. They lose to Marcus Cousins, but they add Julius Randle. They found something in the second half of the season when Nikola Miritich. Maybe they're a little bit better. Maybe. I think Alfred Payton's an upgrade over Rajon Rondo. Maybe. Unless you believe Rondo gave them a level of chutzpah that they didn't have otherwise. And that's possible. But so they're a little new. But I'm not, I, 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 I kind of like where they are, frankly. Give, give the Pelicans, give Dale Demps some credit. I think he's put together, done a nice job, boy, through kind of ongoing adversity and, and figured some things out. And they were, you know, they were quite good and they figured out really how to defend in the second half of the season. It's interesting, offensively, they were never great last year. And that's where I think, getting rid of Rondo um, and adding Alfred Payton, who's not dramatically better, but he's not as bad as Rondo is with his shooting, will help them. If you go back and look at them from about the 40th game on last year, they were only 15th in the league offensively. They just they were able to they figured out how to be 7th defensively, which is interesting because you think Miritich should change them offensively. Minnesota was the 8th seed. They just lost B. Elite says sign Anthony Tolliver, which I'm not sure makes them better, and they are dealing with all sorts of turmoil. All sorts. Jimmy Butler's come out this year and pretty much announced he doesn't like Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns. Tom Thibodeau is having a hard time with Carl Anthony Towns. They they are whether any of this stuff is actually true or not, we'll tell over time, but there is all sorts of tur- floating around. Reports that 
Tom Thibodeau told his staff he wasn't allowed to talk to one of the broadcasters. All sorts of stuff. Spurs are dealing with the Kawhi Leonard thing, so they're not as good, and they're older. The Nuggets are the same with Millsap healthy. They lost Wilson Chandler, but frankly, the idea of the player Wilson Chandler is probably better than the player Wilson Chandler. They had to trade him for tax reasons. And then the Clippers have just kind of hovered. The Lakers are better, but the Spurs are not. I'm not entirely convinced that Dallas is a playoff team just because they added DeAndre Jordan, but maybe we're going to find out that Luke is that great. I'm not entirely convinced that Memphis is a playoff team just because everyone got healthy, but they're certainly going to be better than 22 and 60. So the, the bottom West teams, Phoenix with their draft picks, Memphis with their health, Dallas with the addition of DeAndre Jordan, and are better, and the Lakers and Spurs very well may switch spots. But there hasn't been this, there's been a LeBron move west, but there has not been this dramatic change to the extent that I think there was a year ago in the Western Conference. Today's show is brought to you in part by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is a 40-year-old company that is now moved to Utah. They've been lending, and they work nationwide. So if you're listening to this anywhere, you can use Intercap Lending. And there's some reasons, too. We used them, and they turned out to be exactly what they said they were. And what they said they were going to be was that they were going to make lending, Steve Carter said this to me, as easy as ordering a pizza. Okay, well, ordering a pizza online is pretty much the easiest thing out there right now. Doing a mortgage has some government regulations, so it can't be quite that easy. But to the credit of Intercap Lending, if you download the app, you'll see it. They were awfully close. It was super impressive. We were able to, in the middle of an NBA season, with the help of Steve Carter, we were able to get through the process. One, because I could do so much of it through the app by just taking pictures. Two, the app always told me what was going on so that I knew uh, what my next step was. And then... Most of all, uh, Steve Carter was just amazing. Inner cap lending, and if you tell them that you came with Locked On Jazz, he'll do, let you do your appraisal for free. Inner cap lending, NMLS 190465. Visit com to find out more. You can give them a call. If you're anywhere in the area, you can call them at 888-643-2133. That's 888-643-2133. You can ask for Steve Carter. The NBA restart has its first big injury. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Orlando Magic forward Jonathan Isaac suffered a torn ACL in his left knee on Sunday. Listen to Locked On Magic for where Isaac and Orlando goes from here. To the ice. The qualifying series in the NHL are on, and the Minnesota Wild began with a 3-0 win over the Canucks. Joe Bully and Tony Abbott of Locked On Wild have a victory recap, and the Locked On NHL podcast has Western Conference playoff predictions. And finally, as college football conferences around the country try to figure out how they are going to restart, a group of Pac-12 players is demanding safety protocols and threatening to opt out of the season. 
I would point you to Locked On Big Ten podcast and a very interesting discussion on creative solutions to solve college football's mounting problems. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On Podcast Network is home to the number one daily NBA podcast, Locked On NBA. No team that relies on any single player like the Rockets rely on Harden or have historically relied on Harden has ever had any kind of realistic title aspirations. They might already have a window closed on them before it's even actually opened in Orlando. It's just not realistic for a team to rely on a single player there and be able to win a championship. When you want the biggest stories and the best NBA talk before it's old news, listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day wherever you get your podcasts. Utah Jazz Summer League continues, and uh, they allowed the uh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen got nicked up with an abductor strain in one of his last draft workouts, and so they have been kind of holding him in and out of practices and contact and things like that, so he did not play the second game. The Jazz also do Jazz Summer League into Vegas Summer League with a thought that you know, one of the ways you learn is watching. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't miss another game in the process. Just there's no need to roll him out there every single game. And furthermore, you can learn from watching. Uh, so Grayson sat with Donovan, watched the game, uh, and learned a great deal. Tony Bradley sh- showed some really interesting things. He's got great hands around the basket. That second jump he's showing is what we've always known he had. He's not a great initial vertical jump guy, but and he is doing a really nice job uh, of impacting games defensively despite the fact he's not a big vertical jump guy. Then at the same time, in the last final five plays of the game on the third when the Jazz were in the midst of comeback, Memphis just went right at him. You know, that that's what Memphis went after was going right at him on those plays and making him make decisions, and that's the beauty of Summer League. That you put him in those circumstances, he has to try to react and figure out what to do and make the right decisions. And th- that's, a, that's a hard call. And he did a pretty good job. He got beat on a few of them. But now he gets to watch video and learn. And there's no circumstance that's quite like that. So that was awesome. He's really done. Tony's done a nice job. He's a better player than he was a year ago. He was a long-term prospect when you got him. He's a late first-round draft pick. And the Jazz drafted him because... The body, the skill set is is unique, and let's see if they can turn it into something. And so far, that you can see it progressing. George Niang's interesting. Um, I really am impressed by what he's done because George Niang at Iowa State was predominantly a down low player. He was kind of one of those undersized college players who was able who played down around the basket. Great, great scorer. Uh, and now you've seen him change his game entirely. If you go back to his Iowa State uh, performances, his he does he ends up taking 143 of his 150 or his 518 shots his senior year as threes. So he's taking about 20% of his shots as threes. And now he's really learned how to play on the outside and he's also learned how to play with the ball in his hands 
um, which he always did, frankly. His college numbers, he had over 100 assists in each of his last three years. But in the collegiate game, you kind of find different spots of where to do your scoring and how to do your scoring. And he was able to kind of work his way in different places when he averaged 20 points a game. And he's now showing he's widened that out uh, with the Jazz. You know, it's hard to... Hard to make an NBA roster, and but he's at six foot eight, two hundred thirty pounds, is beginning to show a little bit of an ability to play multiple different positions, be an undersized stretch four, play a little three if he needs to. Lateral quickness and foot movement will be what holds his game defensively if he needs to. But the Jazz put the ball in his hands a good deal the other night. Had him making a lot of plays. Had him understanding what's going on. He's got an advantage. He's been with the system. He's been, but in that regard, I thought he was he played he played really nicely. Uh, Naz Long, who's just a super dude, um, and just great to see him around. Uh, played very very well, also. Uh, and you know he's a bona fide shooter. Another Iowa State prospect, and it will be interesting to see whether or not he gets. He's got. He's got a lot of characteristics of a guy who makes the NBA 6-4 and he can stroke it at, at the guard position. And so I would suspect that, that he's got a chance. I mean, his, he played five years at Iowa State because of the injury his senior year that then he got another year. I mean, he bombed about 300 threes his last year and hit about 38% of them. And he, he, can, he can stroke it. So I think there's a chance that he gets um, – you know, in, in his one minute with the Utah Jazz last year, he hit a three. Um, the, I think he finds a way around to get another opportunity in the league as well. And then the July 4th story of the day, Donovan Mitchell tweets out where the barbecue at. Fans tweet back at him. And next thing you know, there's pictures of Donovan Mitchell hanging out at the pool in people's at someone's 4th of July barbecue as he stops by. Is he seriously... Is he real? Does he really do this stuff? It's incredible. What a kid. And watching him coach on the sidelines right now, pretty funny as as well. That is Locked on Jazz. I will be back with you. I suspect my next show is about July 19th. So I'm out for a while. Go take a little break. Hope you're great. Thanks so much for all your passion and your support to the Utah Jazz and to the show. Uh, Thanks for supporting our sponsors as well. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday... We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.